G'day, and welcome to episode number 125 of the Average Man podcast. Uh, it's uh, called Call of the North. And I have a guest with me today called Dom. Dom is from, uh, uh, he's got a group on Facebook called By The Way Adventures. And that intro music was inspired by a band Dom just put me on to last night called Nightwish, who I've never heard of before, and um, was pretty pretty blown away when I heard him. What do you reckon about the, the inspiration from, from Nightwish, mate, with that track? Well, mate, that, that just about nailed it with uh, Nightwish. Uh, very similar music, uh, very powerful, a great piece, piece of music, that one. Yeah. It, it was. I mean, they're no, they're no Nightwish, but um, I was just telling Dom before, and I think I spoke about this on the podcast as well lately, what I'm using now is an app called Epidemic. Um, they have their own licensed artists that they get to, to make music for them, and it's cool because I can play the whole song out like that for an intro, and they've got, they got hundreds of songs on there. They've got country, they've got metal, they've got rock, they've got hip-hop, they've got all sorts of stuff on there, and I can just go through, and I thought that was a good... Um, in the vein of Nightwish, anyway. So yeah, look, I, um, it was bloody perfect for for uh, the intro, especially because uh, I'm a big fan of Nightwish. So and only over the past two years too, mate. You sent me down the rabbit hole with those dudes last night. Um, I texted you because I like to ask uh, uh, guests what their fa- like. I said I used to come in with an actual uh, a well known song as my intro, usually just a minute of it, and then I'd fade out. So I'd ask the guests, "What's your favorite? You know, what kind of music do you listen to? What, what's your favorite songs or artists?" Um, and you came back with, "I said, what genre of music do you listen to?" I think, and you just said, "Nightwish." <laughs> I said, is that, a, "Is that a genre I don't know about, or is that a band?" And then you said, "Put the headphones on." And listen to um, Storytime. It was the live at the Wacken Yeah, version. that's right. Yeah. Um, so I put the headphones on, got the laptop out, and listened to the the live at the Wacken version. And then I went and listened to the studio version. And I thought, by the end of that, oh, I'm I'm bloody hooked. Yeah. So I went right down the rabbit hole with it, mate. Um, and are you are you a bit of a a, a music fan in in general? Um, that's a pretty pretty intense band to be to be into like. yeah look I've uh, follow all sorts of music uh, I do love classical as well so yeah, um, yeah uh, there's some really great pieces out there classical uh, music um, if you sit down and take the time to listen to them yeah um, yeah uh, go go to see a live orchestra it's you can't really beat it you know mate I, I really miss live music it's, I haven't seen a lot of live music in the, the last few years in general I've got two young kids now we live in Port Hedland as well which is not a great hot spot for, for live music there's been a few gigs come through town um, but it's just it's something magic about a live music set hey yeah yeah. Um, uh, we, we had uh, the Australian Symphony Orchestra play up in Kew mm. uh, north of Mount Magnet and um, yeah they managed to win the the bid for them, and they came and played in Kew, and about four thousand people came to the race course wow. to listen to the Australian Sydney Orchestra play out in the open. So, wow! And it was just amazing. Uh, yeah. Are you are you from Kew? Is that where you've been living, or you were just spending no, some time I there? No, I worked in the mines, uh, underground miner, most of my life. Uh, yeah, right. Twenty five years as an air leg miner. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, if you want to put a uh, rating on how tough a job is, that's probably the, one of the toughest jobs yeah. you could uh, put yourself into. But certainly taking its toll on my body now. So, uh, But I've been on the service for the last 12 years. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, okay, far out. So you said to me as well that you've seen... You, did you say you've seen Nightwish live? No, no, no. no. no I, I would... Um, 
I would have loved to have seen them live, but I only was put on them two years ago mm. um, when they did a remake of um, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And um, it's probably the best remake of Phantom of the Opera. It's it's actually better than anything I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, the the live performance it's just unreal. Yeah. It's a real it's a real um real journey the music hey. We we're just saying out, outside there. It's not just a track. It's a you were saying I think one of the the guys is a uh, uh, he he orchestrates all the all the music and it really is like that. It's a, how many people are in the band? Is it there's be a few of them? Oh, there's a few now. Uh, there's a couple left, but. Um, uh, Thomas, uh, uh, he's the uh, the instrumental part of the band. Yeah. He's the songwriter, yeah. uh, the composer mm. of all the music, and he does all the um, oh. <laughs> does all the uh, um, all the stage lighting. Yeah, yeah, right. He orchestrates all that as well. So. Far out. So he's like a he's 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 a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um. Brilliant music. It actually made me think about when I was listening to it today. I was listening to it driving from job to job and, and at the gym this morning as well. There's heaps of songs. I think that was – I didn't count them, but it looked like about 40 albums or something that they, they had there on Spotify. Uh, so, But I was listening to them driving around, and you said that about the one guy who composes it all and um, runs their stage show and all that. And a, a parallel that it reminded me of, which is – Different, but it is actually in the same vein. I'm not sure if you, you you've heard of Slipknot. They're a heavy metal band. They're very heavy, but there's there's eight people in the band, and it's very complex music. Um, and the the guy who they got three percussionists. One of the main percussionists. They all wear these crazy masks. He wears a clown mask, um, and he's the yeah, he plays these big African drums. And he's actually a, a composer as well, and he orchestrates the whole band so he's generally out front in the middle and he's running the whole band because there's eight musicians and it's very intense music and he's sort of leading the whole dance and they they follow him and it's just and he writes a lot of the music as well and i just thought that's pretty very heavy music but it is there is a lot of similarities in the way that that's set up with the complexity of the music and and you know the, the mastermind behind it yeah, I I haven't heard of that band. The the, the reason why I I sort of got hooked on this band is because they um, they're a synthetic metal band, mm. um, and they put a lot of uh, 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 orchestral music mm. in with their with their music. And yeah. uh, uh, the uh, lead singer Flora Jasmine, um, she's I would say without doubt one of the greatest voices this mm. this world has ever produced she's her voice is if you listen to her, the different songs that she's in is just incredible she's got a massive range yeah she's huge range yeah, yeah. and a very angelic voice as well when yeah. she needs to put it on oh, you, you said they're finnish hey a finnish band yeah finnish band um they've done done a few uh world tours but um since uh um, the COVID, I think they've been sitting tight, uh, yeah. like everybody else. But um, you know, I'd give an arm and a leg to see a concert like that one in, in Vakan in 2013. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be a, a show, a, a full blown show. I just because um, there was some in some of their songs, there's like, there's like a, a, a distinct Gaelic sound as well. Yeah, they they have that. Um, in in some of the songs and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you listened to Ghost Love Score. That was yeah, yeah. You did um, that uh, second 
or third segment of the song. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, almost like folk, Irish yeah. folk music. Yeah. yeah. Sort of through the background then with this intense yeah. music over the top of it. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Now, I'm really glad you sent me down that rubber hole. I love opening up a can of worms, you know, a new musical can of worms. It's quite funny. People who listen to my podcast know that um, I'm a big music fan. I used to do, I've done a lot of music reviews and stuff on here as well. And I used to always say I listen to all types of music except country music. That was like my little catchphrase. And then last year, I mean, I'm 39 this year. So, you know, I turned 38 last year. All of a sudden, I just started enjoying country music and started listening to country and, and honky tonk. So I was like, I guess I just like all music now. And I went, because I'd neglected the whole genre for so long, and there's, you know, it's a deep genre, it goes back, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, been around for a long time. I opened up this can of worms and there was all these new bands and all this new music that I could just discover from fresh. It was awesome. I just love that. Um, oh, look at this, a whole new room here I can explore <laughs> music I've never heard before. So you have to get yourself a horse now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some boots. Yeah. Some boots. <laughs> right there, okay, walking down the street. And you'll probably fit in pretty well in Port Yeah, mate, I've already got the hat, so. Um, look, mate, we – I got in touch with you through your daughter, Natasha, Natasha Brady of Telling Designs, who who did my logo for me, did a lot of logos for, for people around town. She's obviously moved back down to, to um, Perth or Mandurah now uh, to continue a business down there. Um yeah, I just got in touch with her actually about my logos. My logos, I'd lost my my USB, and she sent me through a link for it, and just mentioned your story and your journey while we were chatting, and then said you guys should catch up and have a chat. I said, well, that sounds interesting. I'm I'm pretty keen. So I guess we'll give the people listening a bit of a rundown. Um, I mentioned that you've got the Facebook page started up called By the Way Adventures. You and your wife have sold everything up, and yep. are just going to go travelling Australia, heading north first of all. Uh, hence the reason the call of the north, the name of the the episode. And I have a vague background idea about why you've decided to sell up and move and and travel Australia at this point in time. Um, but I really haven't been too deep into the story. As I said, I don't use Facebook a lot, and I prefer to find things out like this face to face, sit down and and hear hear the person tell their story um, uh, for themselves. Anyway, so something to do with. Uh, our government and certain mandates and um, requirements for people to around COVID shots and and also on all that sort of jazz. So, do you want to run us through the story a little bit of what what was the catalyst for you guys to to, to sell everything up and and um, travel Oz? Yeah, look, it's <coughs> the story is a long story, but um, that's what we got to yeah. look. Uh, as we all know, the mandates were, were brought in last year and uh, the mining industry um, required their workers to uh, have the uh, first dose of the vaccine uh, by the 1st of December. Mm. Um, if not, you, you, you lose your job, basically. There's no coming back from it. Um, I was pretty wary of uh, the vaccine, mainly because of... Uh, it's an experimental drug. Mm. Now, when somebody says experimental, uh, that's enough for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a guinea pig. Yeah, uh, and I, and everybody, everybody else, if they decide to to go down that path, but a lot of people that I know actually took the vaccine because they didn't want to lose their job. Yeah, 
A lot um, of people. A lot of people. But I, 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 I stood my ground pretty firm with the company. Um, I asked uh, a lot of questions mm. um, in front of uh, a room of about 70 people and um, with all the managers and that. But um, they couldn't answer any of the questions. Um, they ignored all the rules of safety. Um, uh, they refused to uh, offer a um, risk assessment, which uh, is required by law. Mm. Uh, but all of a sudden, these laws were overlooked uh, even by uh, the Occupational Health and Safety uh, mob, which is quite surprising. Um, they use the excuse of, um, you know, if you get vaccinated, you're going to stop the spread of the virus, um, which is was wasn't true at the time either. No. So I well, knew that, that wasn't true. And when you pointed out that the, the double standard that they were using, um, it, it it didn't equate. And when you asked for the scientific, when I asked for the scientific evidence, uh, the company. Um, basically said that we don't have any mm. um, and they tried to blame the government uh, for the mandate Yeah, which I said to them um, well if you're blaming the government well, that's all well and good but I said as a company as big as you are did you ask the company for a risk assessment uh, the government for a risk assessment mm. I said because you're obligated to I said you're not bringing a truck on site you're not bringing a digger on site you're asking your workers to take a medical intervention. Mm. I said, this is serious, serious stuff. And I said, not just a medical intervention. I said, this is not a vaccine for a flu. Mm. This is an experimental drug never been used on humans before. Mm. And you seem to be ignoring this fact. Uh, um, three days before Christmas, I got a letter from Newmont and I was uh, dismissed. But um, I saw the writing on the wall pretty well that it was going to go that way. So um, with uh, a lot of painful conversations with my wife, mm. um, we decided to sell it and she agreed that we wouldn't survive too long carrying the mortgage. Mm. And, um, you know, f 41 years of uh, building up a life and... Um, had to sell everything and it was really hard because there was so much stuff that we had to let go because we had nowhere to really put it mm. um, and yeah and for my wife it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to see her uh, go through but she was supportive of my situation um, and I'm probably I'm glad I didn't take the vaccine because um, I suffer with uh, actual fibrillation and um, we know that, that um, the vaccines cause uh, heart issues mm. and, you know, we've got an increase of 40% in the last 12 months uh, of uh, heart disease in this country. And you've got to ask yourself what's changed. Yeah, you know, right. What's, what's changed to increase the uh, uh, heart disease in, in Australia by uh, 40%. Yeah. And it's, that's a huge jump. It's, it's not massive. Not, you know, so, but, so that was uh, our decision. 
as tough as what it was. Uh, you know, I, I love making furniture. I had to sell all my woodworking gear that I've been collecting over the past 25 years. Oh, no. Um, all, I had prize jarrah pieces, um, uh, flooded gum pieces uh, that were pretty well priceless, but I had to sell them. Oh, that breaks my heart, mate. I, I, yeah. I'm a carpenter myself, and I love mm. <laughs> I love beautiful timbers and and the furniture making business is a real passion project, hey? Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it, and um, you know it was very relaxing for me to go in the shed, and I I also had I made art pieces as well out of wood, so I really enjoyed that. But um, now that's all gone. Everything everything I worked for and I was hoping to do into my you know, mid seventies, even longer if I could. You know, it was something I really enjoyed doing, mm. um, and creating, not just dining tables, but art pieces. Yeah. Uh, with you know, the dining table, anything I made, I tried to make it so that it was a one-off piece. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, yeah, let, letting go was a tough thing, um, and. Uh, it still is tough, but, um, you know, as they say, one door closes, another one opens, mm. and it's up to you to open that door. And, um, you know, we're pushing forward now. Um, we've got ourselves a new caravan, yep. new Red Centre, and it's a buddy beauty, eh? And um, got the big cruiser, as you saw out the front there. Yeah. So um, that's our that's our life now. Mm. and um, But we intend to enjoy it moving forward. And um, it's funny how things sort of work, you know, like we come up here to surprise our son for his uh, birthday on uh, last Wednesday. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Wednesday a week ago. And um, we got the surprise, as you've probably seen in the, uh, on uh, By The Way Adventures, uh, that they're having another baby. We uh. didn't know, and they just told us for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, so we're sort of sitting there with them. I was sitting there. I got caught badly. My wife had an inkling that something was <laughs> But me, I was standing there like, what's going on? What are, they uh. <laughs> what are these baby wipes for? <laughs> <laughs> they caught you cold, mate. They caught me cold. It was pretty cool, yeah. So, um, yeah, look, and... Our kids have been so supportive, you know, Natasha and Katrina and and Darren. And, um, you know, by the way, buddy, uh, each kid's different, mm. you know. Katrina, um, she's very artistic, you know. Um, her and Natasha are quite alike in a way, you know. Katrina's mm. very artistic uh, and she does uh, gemstones and polishes, Opals and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Some of the stones she's got are stunning, like fair dinkum. Yeah. So we're trying to get her to move in that direction, you know, but she's also a beautician. Yeah, right. And a very good one as well. So, uh, and then got old Daz up here, you know, um, he's a heavy diesel uh, fitter and right. works in town, lives in town with his wife and little bub, and uh, they've got another one on the way. So, you know, I've got um, four grandchildren. Mm. Age from Jacob, 16, 17 this year, and um, little uh, Perseus is the youngest, and uh, he's eight months. Mm. Soon to be another one. So, so you, this was a massive decision for you guys. You, how, how long were you in the mining industry for? 
Nearly uh, 42 years. Yeah. And with this company? Uh, yeah, nine years. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It's just, there's a long time, man, and, and, and obviously it wasn't something that you guys were planning. It wasn't on the cards for, for no. you. you. People make a lot of good decisions and put a lot of work and effort in um, throughout the years to get themselves in good positions um, to then have to make, you know, rash decisions because of something that's completely out of your 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 control at a you know a later stage of your working career. It's 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 not right, mate. And that's why one of the big reasons I wanted to get you on here to talk about this. Actually, it's funny because about a week ago, before I had spoken to Natasha, another fella in town, different story to yours, but similar in that he had to you know lose his left his job, quit his job, or was you know didn't have a job anymore because he didn't want to get the vaccine. Um, wasn't allowed to go to the gym anymore, you know, which is you know, one of the things that you would uh, encourage people to do to keep themselves safe from a virus is, is keep healthy, exercise, can keep a strong immune system, but they did the opposite. You weren't allowed to go to the gym, which doesn't make any sense. And I just wanted to – I want other people to hear the other side of the coin because, again, I said to you outside, Dom, I, I got the all of the vaccines. I was always going to get them. I was at least, least going to get the first two. I didn't really know about the third one. It just didn't bother me, right? That's my choice. That's yeah. fine. I was never going to give it to my kids. We can go down that rabbit hole as well in a minute. Yeah. But then they started that these mandates came out. I thought, that's just what do you mean? People can't work if they don't get the vaccine. And as you pointed out, this isn't stopping the the vac- the, the the virus from spreading. No, it might stop you from getting as sick as you wouldn't as you would have got if you didn't get it, perhaps. Um, but that's a personal choice. Mm. So it's not stopping you from getting the virus. It's not stopping you from spreading the virus, but you have to take it, which just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, people can't work. They can't go to the pub or the cafe or the gym. Basically, we created a second class. like two, We created two classes of people. And the media, the media, they're just absolutely disgusting the way – the media across, you know, our uh, Western society in general, but specifically it's talking about Australia, the, the way that they portray things, the, the agenda that they clearly have, the way they're in bed with the government, and then the government and the media are also in bed with these big pharma companies just, just due to money. It's, it's, that's terrifying for one. It's unethical and it's so blatantly in our face. Um, it's insulting that, they, that they, the things that they sell us and we're just supposed to eat it up, um, hook, line and sinker. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you mentioned this to me outside before we got started about the media and, and, and uh, the way they portray things. Um, it's disgusting. It's, 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 you know, it's a real shit show, to be honest. And a lot of people, specifically in your age group, Dom, and even I'm nearly 40 now, so my age group just above, they, they, they only have their certain forms of, in, of ingesting or digesting media um, that they're used to. And that's just what they know and that's what they trust. So they don't question it. You know, mm. They have their commercial radio station, their 6 o'clock news at night time, the newspaper, and whatever comes through those mediums is just what they believe and accept. And that's been taken advantage of massively. Now, 
myself and people in the generations younger than me know that there's all other forms of media out there now with the internet and there's there's independent journalists out there, podcasts are another great way of, of people getting information. So a lot of people are, are, are sort of wise to the the idea that there's more than one narrative, the more than the official narrative, and there's other places to get your media. So it's 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 good to see. I think my parents, um, I mean, they got the vaccination and, and, and all that, but uh, definitely more in the same vein as you, as definitely not eating everything hook, line and sinker that gets sold to us through the media these days because there's a clear agenda. And with the use of social media, unfortunately, that's probably the one I left out. We said media, government, Big Pharma and Big Tech are all sort of in this big soup together, um, dictating the, the narrative that gets out there. And if you say the wrong thing on the wrong forums, doesn't matter who you are, you can be the ex-president of, of the United States of America, you get banned, you get blackballed, you don't get a voice anymore, which is a way that they dictate the narrative. And it's it's it's, I mean, it should be criminal. It's pretty ter- terrible what's, what's going on out there. Um, so for me, it's super important to hear other people's stories. I want other people who took the vaccines, kept their job, and looked at other people and thought, you know, looked down on on them or or disregarded their situation or didn't think there was a big issue with people having being forced to take a vaccine. I want people to who who are of that mindset to hear someone like yourself's story, good Aussie bloke, father, grandfather, hard worker. <laughs> who's who's been affected in this horrible way because of this bullshit, and they po- possibly didn't think about that when they when they formed their opinion on the whole situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, um, the, the media, I feel, are, are, are strongly responsible here. Um, they've broken all, all the rules under the sun. But when you look at how the media are orchestrating themselves at the moment with this narrative, there was probably one other person in history that did the same thing. And he was so successful uh, with his propaganda using the media. And that was Adolf Hitler. Um, and people, you can look in your history, it's, it's, it's there to, to be seen. Now, Adolf Hitler... Um, knew by using the media against the Jews um, that would be his success to to uh, uh, move forward with the genocide. Um, now, he was so happy with the, the results that he was getting. I don't know if you've heard of the ship of shame. It's a true story. Um, Adolf Hitler got a cruise liner and the height of the Jews being rounded up and sent to uh, these um, death camps. And um, he put, I think it was eight or 900 Jews on this cruise liner. Mm. You know, families, children, a lot. And he said, you're free. You can go anywhere in the world you want. So the ship took sail, mm. went around the world, Australia, America, England, Nobody would let them into port, not one country, because they believed the propaganda Mm. that Hitler uh, portrayed the Jews to be. Uh, That ship ended up not far back from Germany, 
and over half of the people on that ship ended up in the gas chambers. So the media were to blame for what happened to those Jews because the media were used to propagate the, pro- the propaganda. And this is exactly what's happening here now. They're using propaganda and they're only allowing one voice. Hmm. And you notice how it, it, it's continuous on TV, on mm. radio, mm-hmm. continuous. You, you get people on radio making jokes about people that might say anything mm. outside or untowards as mm. if they're conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Well, so far the conspiracy theorists have been bloody right mm. from, from word go. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know, <laughs> look, at, look at us now, we're using rats test. Now, last year was was a $20,000 fine if you were caught with a rats test in your possession. Really? Now, Mark McGowan announced that on TV. Wow. Okay. So there was a massive fine if you had one in your possession. You weren't allowed to use them because the borders were closed. Yeah. As soon as he opened the borders, they're handing them out like bloody lollies. Yeah. Because the rats test... It's worse than the PCR test. Mm. And the PCR test, uh, which was announced by the CDC uh, in December, mm. uh, cannot distinguish between the flu and COVID. Really? Yeah. So what people are asking now is what happened back in 2020 when you were using the PCR test to determine everybody had COVID? Yeah. Did they have COVID or did they have the flu? Yeah. You're announcing this now, but you've created, in that period of time, a world panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using a test kit that cannot and distinguish between the flu or, or which is influenza or the or COVID. I, I hadn't heard that. That's the first time I've heard that. So you know these things have been announced, and yet the media are not. Um, they don't push that. They're not pushing it. What you're talking about with Hitler before um, it's interesting. I've heard this this discussion um, from a couple of different people before. So that's called um, mass formation psychosis, when you get a huge group of people to all think the same way. Basically, you let they let you think for them, and they say that you need um, you need. A problem, high levels of anxiety or stress in in a large group of people. So you have the pandemic, and then you have isolation. So obviously there was lockdowns; people weren't allowed to go to work or school or, or anything like that. There was people locked down, isolated, mm. and then you have the solution. Someone presents you the solution. They say they're the three key ingredients. When and this mass formation psychosis doesn't just happen. It's not just like uh, you have those three key ingredients and it and it just pops off. This is like a, a technique that it's it's in books. It's written about. Mm. So people know what they're doing when they when they implement the, the techniques. So you have the problem. You have the pandemic. You have the isolation. We were all locked down. It wasn't too bad in especially in Port Hedland, but obviously around the world it was. Mm. And then you have the solution. Hey, we got the vaccine. And then all of a sudden, anyone who's who's on the other side of that fence is the enemy. It was it was disgusting to see how quickly people turned. Um, as I said to you 
film. I got the the vaccine. I was always going to get it. Um, but it wasn't a a me against the unvaccinated thing. It was never that. I don't give a I don't give a shit if anyone else gets it or not. None none of my business. I got it. To be perfectly honest with you, not because I was worried about COVID. I've never been worried about COVID, even though the Delta was probably pretty bad for some people. Um, I'm pretty confident in my immune system. I put it. I'm, I'm ready to go toe to toe with COVID if I have to, mate. That's mm. that's just part of life. Um, I got it because I wanted to be. I didn't want to be inconvenienced. I wanted to get on with my life, and I was willing to go. Okay, whatever. I've done worse things to my body in the past. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'll, I'll take the vaccine and I'll get on with my life. We've got some pretty specific goals, me and my wife uh, and my family, that we want to achieve, and they're uh, financially. We're you know we're bound to make a certain amount of money over the next couple of years, which is what it is. So I was like, right, whatever. We'll just we'll get the vaccine, just get back, keep working, be able to travel around and have our freedoms back, which is messed up that you have to think like that in the first place. But it was never a, I'm, I'm vaccinated and you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're a lower class citizen. But that was kind of what was pushed by the media, by the government, um, clowns like Dan Andrews, like the, 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 the um, the mocking of people who, who decided not to get the vaccine. It was the, you weren't allowed to go places. You were a second class citizen. Mm. Um, it's just disgusting, man. Um, I put a, I've got a little rant up on online. I can show you uh, later, Dom, about, about leadership um, and about what leadership means, you know. Um, and, and basically, the essence of the speech was that leadership's about extreme ownership. It's about somebody in a position of power because they have certain set of skills who takes who's who's taking responsibility for a large group of people and they have extreme ownership over the situation. Whatever goes wrong with this group of people, it's my fault. I didn't get the right information. I didn't give the right information to these people. I didn't put the right people in place to make sure the plan went wrong. Whatever it is, if you're in charge, it's your fault when the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's, that's, only, that's leadership, right? Yeah. What we had here was uh, refusal to listen to the people underneath, underneath you, um, refusal to listen to scientific facts and to see how other people around the world had handled this in an effective manner. It was a dogmatic approach. There was a set narrative Forget forget everybody else, and if you don't step in, you don't step in line, you turn we're turning Australians against Australians, ridiculing people who weren't following the the set narrative, and that was from the top down through the ranks, through the media, through social media. Just it's just absolutely disgusting, mate. Um, yeah, and then there's people like you who are collateral damage of this whole shit show, which is hard to see what the end result was, except for getting more control over a population which is basically the only only the only thing I can think uh, think of that they were really trying to achieve on a large scale yeah, it's just uh, look it's the tip of the iceberg with all this at the moment um, the storm I feel hasn't hit it, it it's going to hit um, you know we had a f- influenza that disappeared for two years now mm. all of a sudden it's come back now <laughs> You, the media are portraying it as oh, it was because of all the lockdowns and the uh, ice, uh, you know, the mask wearing and uh, uh, the washing of hands. Mm. But what people uh, uh, that are swallowing that is that if that's the case, we wouldn't have had COVID either. Mm. Yeah. You you just can't make one disappear and the other one just hang around. Yeah. You know. 
in 2021, we had one death from influenza. Yeah, right. So, suppose in 2019, we had nearly 1,900 deaths. Yeah. It was one of the worst years for influenza in 2019. So, once again, you, you, you're getting the media to portray a lie. Hmm. You know, blaming the lockdowns and the mask wearing and that for the disappearance of the influenza but but now it's coming back with vengeance um, and I'm just worried that they're going to use what's going to come next as an excuse not for COVID mm. but going to blame it on inf- influenza mm. and um you know, you you listen to a lot of the best scientists in the world in immunology and virology, mm. the best. Um, and when you see when they speak out, they they are ridiculed, mm. they're torn down. Yeah, the, the professor, the Dr. Luc Montagna, uh, the uh, French virologist who was a Nobel Prize winner, he spoke out against it, mm. and he was torn down. Yeah. Torn to pieces. Dr. Robert Malone, did you hear about him? Yeah. Dr. Robert Malone, he was one of the guys that invented the technology for the mRNA vaccine. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about the the, the, the dangers of it and how Mm. not to give it to your kids. And he was discredited and and ridiculed. And it's like he was one of the guys, the top of his game in that in that field. They one of the a group of about ten people who was who were contacted when this thing first hit the streets of Wuhan. Mm for a game plan, how do we deal with this, what do we do, where do we go to, one of the first people they went to. And then all of a sudden when we got down into the vaccine end of things and he said, I don't think this is ready to go out to the public and I don't think everyone should be taking this and I don't think kids should be taking it, all of a sudden he was ridiculed and now all of a sudden he's a a clown and a fraud. Well, this is how they portray him and, you know, it's... uh, And it's hard to get that off. Peter McCulloch is is another champion in that area and and tops in his field... uh, 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 Dr. Pierre Corey uh, from America is, is another uh, strong advocate uh, against what we're doing, but he was also a, uh, a, a, a strong advocate for ivermectin with his research mm. that he'd done with Ooh, ivermectin. Oh, we all that to talk about ivermectin. You know, but uh, this is how... Uh, Did you hear about the Joe Rogan thing with that? Yeah, I, I, I heard that uh, he put somebody in their place. Well, what happened was... He's pretty forward-thinking and he has top scientists from around the, around the globe on his podcast, talks mm. to them for three hours at a time, both sides of the fence, mm. has a lot of information and a good brain to maintain it. And when he got COVID, he went on a, a cocktail of things. He had ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies and you know, a bunch of other things that were supposed to help. And he got over – he had the Delta, you know, the, the, the bad one, and got mm. over it in about three days and just went on his social media and said, hey, I had COVID, this is what I took, worked really well for me, got, I'm better in about three days. It was just a, here, this is what I did, guys, you know? Um, and then um, uh, what's the, what, what what media channel was it? I think it was C, 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 CN, CNN. CNN. Came out and said, Joe Rogan takes horse dewormer. Yeah. And that was the narrative they ran with because they do give ivermectin to horses. Yes. They've given over one and a half billion doses of ivermectin to people. Yes, but I... I, I There's an anti-parasitic, but they call it a yeah. horse dewormer. 
well, just, to de- our, just to devalue it. This is it. That's right. This is how shallow they really are. So, you know, um, would you say penicillins for animals only? Well, no, but you do give it to animals. That's animals. right. Yeah. So, I mean... You take the, a dog medicine uh, if you have penicillin. That's right. So, but people's... Uh, what the media have portrayed uh, ivermectin to be as a as a horsewoman, mm. and the jokes put in on on air by the media, the the media should be held accountable for that mm. because it's blatant, not t- telling the full truth. You know, they they didn't stand up and say that ivermectin uh, won a Nobel Prize in in uh, twenty fifteen yeah. as the safest drug that man has ever produced. Yeah, there's no no, no ill side effects no, no. to it. Cheap to make, this is a generic thing, you can but, get it anywhere. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, the, the problem with ivermectin was... It was cheap. It was cheap. <laughs> That's but, the problem. But it ran out of patent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyone can make it. They can't make money on it. So Merck was the mm. producer of ivermectin. Yeah. When it ran out of patent and they found that it was capable of dealing with the virus, then ridiculed it. Yeah. But the funny part about it is is that they said, oh, there's not enough studies done to to prove. Well, there's I think there's a, there's something like um, fifteen or peer reviews and about eight case studies. Yeah, what they did was the mud, the waters were muddied over the effectiveness against COVID because they had no one early on did a a, a solid peer review with a with a. A good control group. So what they had was people taking it early stage COVID, people taking it late stage COVID, people taking it of different um, health, you know, um, uh, um, you know, stations in life. So they didn't get good. Um, <clears throat> what you need to have a, a peer reviewed study of it specifically to COVID uh, um, that they could publish. There was no negative side effects to it. There was no negative um, um, information out there for it. They basically just muddied the water enough to to, to say, well, we can't prove that it works. Okay, but it's not hurting anybody and it's cheap to make, so shouldn't we get it out there? But it's funny, you know, the, people see, you know, how the media, like um, when India started peaking with the uh, infections and death rates in India, and it was mm. all over the news. Mm. But India did a turn and started putting their people on ivermectin. They gave them a, 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 a package, package of yes. a bunch of different drugs, yeah. Um, and one, one, one capital of India... One of the provinces. One yeah. of the provinces. Utah, 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 Panesh, something like that. Uh, yeah, there's um, 243 million people in that. Few, few in people. That pro- yeah, there's a few there. people. <laughs> and um, they announced before Christmas last year that the, that, that whole province is uh, COVID-free, completely free of COVID. And they were using ivermectin mm. um, along with... Uh, a few other, I think it was hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Another so one, yeah. A, a, there's another, a number of countries have picked up ivermectin, including Japan. Yeah, know, which is which is using, and um, but very conservative country. That was brought forward in a Senate inquiry just uh, the other day by Ger- uh, uh, Gerard. Was it Gerard? Oh, I can't think of his name. And he questioned the uh, the head of the the uh, TGA and. Um, they agreed that needed to be looked into, but the studies studies need to be done. But the, that's a, a laughable excuse because they failed to do the studies and allowed an experimental drug due diligence. It, to just imagine to a world, Dom, where this really was what it was sold to us to be on face value. Okay, it was 
um, this horrible pandemic, all these people are going to die, um, and the government just wants to help us, whatever they can do. They'll give out money everywhere. We'll, we'll lock down schools and jobs and we'll do we'll get in whatever we have to do, whatever we have to do to keep the people safe. And then you say something about ivermectin, we go, shh, no, no, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Yeah. No, no, you would be going, what's ivermectin? What is it? Look into it. Right, let's get a team of scientists on that. Let's let's do some studies on it. Let's get a peer reviewed study going. Let, let's let's what are the 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 um the the um, risk is very low. Let's let's jump on it. Monoclonal antibodies, great. Let's get that out there because when you looked at monoclonal antibodies, when it was still the Delta variant, I was really worried about, not really worried, but I was concerned about my parents. They're in their seventies. My dad's healthy and strong, but he's got diabetes, and my mum's an asthmatic and has had some health issues over the years as well. I was a bit worried about them um, with the Delta, um, and I was looking into the whole thing. Monoclonal antibodies had just been approved for people over 55 years of age in, in WA specifically with a, a list of um, um, you know other uh, comorbidities or not that's when you die, but other um, illnesses, and both my parents fit in the category. So I'm on the phone talking to them and telling them, make sure if you get this thing, you go to your doctor, you hit them up straight away about monoclonal antibodies, and they're saying, what are they? Because I had no idea about what they were. When you read the, the information on it on the TGA website, it tells you that it had 79 to 83% efficacy for people in a certain age group and a certain when you get it at a certain time of your illness, which was more than the vaccine, and you'd never even heard about it, and you're yeah. the people in that risk group because yeah. no one's telling you. It just pissed me off. I'm like, my parents should know what monoclonal antibody is. Yeah. It should be on the media going, if you were 55 years and over, you got asthma, you got diabetes, you got heart disease, you got AF – there's a there's a drug we can, that we can give you as soon as you feel ill get hold of your doctor we've got a shitload of it in the back you know in stocks for people who are you know in risk category areas get hold of the monoclonal antibodies as well don't and again I don't care about people taking the vaccine mate have the vaccine if you want to have the vaccine and have the ivermectin and have the monoclonal antibodies whatever it takes to keep people safe if that's what we're really doing here but that wasn't what we were doing no, they were. Um, it's 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 quite amazing. You 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 see the people uh, that uh, are tested positive to COVID or you know infected with COVID, and they're told to go home and isolate for, at the time for fourteen fourteen days. Fucking fourteen but, days. But they're not given any treatment. Mm. So they're they're sent home and allowed the virus to fester, mm. and and without any treatment. Uh, when people are contacting the health department when they are, are, are suffering with problems, uh, they're told to drink water. Mm. Um, and I know that for a fact because I've known a few people over in Sydney that, uh, you know, um, got COVID, a whole family did. And um, that was the response from the health department. So there was no offering of, you know, getting uh, vitamin C into you, vitamin D, um getting zinc into you, mm. uh, you know, and, and generally looking after yourself. They didn't talk yeah. about vitamins at all, Dom, through mm. the whole thing. And the other thing was, you know, locking down the beaches. Now, that's insane. I mean, no virus is going to survive on a beach. No virus is going to survive on a beach. You know what there's yeah, a lot yeah, of at the beach, though? What's that? Crab. Vitamin D. Crabs. Yeah. <laughs> Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Which so, is apparently one of the the things that there was a strong correlation yeah. between sufficient vitamin D and, and doing really well with the virus. And and we, unfortunately, we're, we're in a society 
where uh, there is a, a low vitamin D efficiency in people's uh, systems, um, and that is because, you know, we're, we're, when we're told to go out in the sun, we cover up and and mm. and put um, sun cream on. Mm. So we're not allowing uh, the body to absorb any vitamin D, even when you mm. have that opportunity too. So and then, and now they're coming out that a lot of uh, some of these um, sun creams are. Carcinogenic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's a freaking, it's a pretty twisted buddy um, system we're running in at the yeah, moment. But yeah. um, it's not about health. It, it, it's not about health. It, it, there's zero about about health. You got a premier here in WA that is bragging of having, you know, oh, at 1.6 billion dollars in his uh, kitty, and yet we've got hospitals that are just about running to the ground. Um, they waited to the last minute, Dom, in the last year when they first said, get the vaccine, when we get to 80%, you'll open up, you'll be able, you'll be able to go everywhere. And so 80% of us, 90% of us went and got the vaccine and then they said, oh, well, not yet, you've got to stay locked down for Christmas first, so cancel all your holidays like I had to do and we'll see what happens next year because it's about to hit us and we don't have the capacity to deal with it. I thought, hmm, we're two years into this pandemic now Two years into it, and you've not added one extra hospital bed to the hospital system in WA, and now you're crying not enough hospital beds because you're worried it's going to hit us and, and be overrun with it. So what were you doing for the last two years when you knew there was a pandemic on? If you were worried about hospital beds, why weren't there big hangers set up like, like they had in wartime situations, you know, with the Spanish flu and things like that? We, we set up a big hangar. We have people with medical, medical experience who are specifically um, trained to deal with the the, uh, the the symptoms of COVID-19 and if it gets any worse then those people go to a special care unit we just have people coming in we're putting them on drips and we're getting all the vitamins and stuff that they need into them we've got extra beds we've got places we can care for you people because it's a massive pandemic we're willing to shut the whole world down for it but we're not willing to put another couple of extra thousand beds in, in the health system in WA what the fuck is that? Well they've um, they put a, a quite a bit of money into building these quarantine uh, camps uh. um and you know they're quick to to get on that, but that was that was an absolute joke as well. Using hotels as quarantine, I, I, you know, the stupidity of it, you know. And then they say we learn from mistakes, but they never learnt from their mistakes. They no. made the same mistake time and time and time again. Um, you know, people that were untrained in in any of this were put in the front line. Mm. Um, it was almost as if it was deliberately orchestrated mm. to create more fear. Um, and this is what they're doing now. This is trying to keep that fear oh, in people yeah. so that yeah. they can control it. Yeah. You know, and um, we're, we're in a dangerous situation at the moment and if we don't change the political parties, we're, we're, we're in a lot of bloody trouble. Yeah. And people don't realise that because they're so sublime to really what's going on. Um, you can't sort of blame them because they've been programmed that way. This is what I was saying about the way people digest their media. Yeah. They, they just go through their trusted sources they've yeah. always used. So um, you have to look. You have to actively go out of your way to look for other sources of information and then cross-reference them 
and then do your own gut check to, to mm. get another side of the story. It's it's it's, it's like junk, it's like fast food. The, the information that people are getting it's, it's it's the fast food information. It's what's quick and available and and and, and convenient. You know. Yeah. And oh well, yeah. <laughs> the cost of uh, groceries has gone through the roof, but you know they they're allowing all the fast food um, McDonald's and all them to have a, 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 a an outlet in nearly every suburb mm. in in the state. Uh, yeah, the thing is, um, where I've sort of come from with all this, and I'm going to sort of backtrack a bit for mm. you so you get a little bit of understanding of why um, I stood my ground, is I, I've got two brothers in prison for life mm. for a crime they never committed. When we know they didn't commit it, they've been set up and stitched up by the state, um, the West Australian. Um, police are, are basically heavily involved with the setup and the prosecution, but it's it. We've been probably twelve years now, and, and my brothers have been in prison for eight years. Um, we've had two trials, two appeals. Um, we lost the two trials. We won the first appeal, uh, and we lost just recently lost the second appeal. Um, but it's cost us as a family and and friends that have helped as well uh, in excess of $2 million in the last 12 years. So a lot of money has been dished out by uh, family members, including myself. I, I've given all my super, every cent of my super went to um, helping my brothers. Um, oh, yeah. So... You know, people say, oh, you're in the industry, mining industry for 42 years, you should be well set up. But there's the circumstances were behind it. When this came about, things didn't add up for us, uh, especially with my brothers, uh, because I know them too well, Mm. that something wasn't right. And most of the family members did. Um, And so we started digging, especially after the first trial, because we thought, you know, surely they wouldn't get convicted, but they did. And we dug and we dug and we dug. And <coughs> we, we we turned up that one of the doctors that gave evidence in the state was a leading doctor in the country in that field. This has been suppressed by the courts still to today. Mm. That doctor falsified evidence and perjured herself in court. Um, we took that evidence that she put forward <coughs> to uh, the leading doctor in Melbourne in that field, and um, something was wrong. She got back to us and said, there's something really wrong here. So we couldn't go to anybody else in Australia because... This doctor here was one of the leading doctors in her field in the country. Yeah. So we had to go over ahead. So we sent it to London, to one of the world leaders in neuropathology, Dr. Duplessis. And within two days, he got back in touch with us and said, this is a flat-out lie. It's not a mistake. It's a lie. It's a fabricated lie. So... He came back and testified 
in the appeal, mm. and we won the appeal on the grounds. But we had to get one of the world leaders to, to, to come and testify. Yeah. And his testimony carried weight over her. Yeah. Um, so there you, you have it. It just goes to show how much the government will go. They've spent nearly $15 million to prosecute and send my brothers to prison. But the worst part about it is that you have a you have your WA lawyers and you have your prosecution and they're all in bed together. And we know that because we got a recording from the first from the first trial when the tapes were left on by mistake during break and we heard my brother's barrister and the prosecutor colluding to undermine my brother, and that's, not, that's we've got that as a recording. So this is how dirty and filthy the system is. I mean, you only Jeez. got to look at Scott Austic's case. Now Scott Austic was sent to prison for thirteen years for a crime he didn't do, a murder. The police fabricated the evidence. They planted the evidence mm. at the crime scene. And they they set him up. And then they got caught with their hands in the till. Literally got caught with their hands in the till. And he's now out of prison after 13 years. But you still had the chief of police standing up there saying, well, we still think he's guilty. The arrogance yeah. and the audacity of... Your justice system, yeah. you know, to defy the law mm. and not stand there and uphold the law and be honest about the law and deal with the people that did the wrong thing. And those people, by the law, those police officers, should all be in prison for life because yeah. that is part of the law. If you fabricate evidence... Or you set somebody up to uh, fit a crime, mm. you do that time. But they never did. So that's where I came into play with trying to chase up every bit of evidence moving forward with this uh, vaccine. I'm mm. not against vaccine. I've mm. had uh, flu shots. Yeah, yeah. But I'm against this one because it, it, it just doesn't add up and the word experimental that was a stop word for me hasn't the CEO of Pfizer just been arrested for suppressing um, evidence about the vaccine well yeah, they have and um, so the CDC are now under the spotlight as well um, and apparently the uh, the CEOs of the CDC are bloody bailing shit like you wouldn't believe but I don't think there's nowhere they can run if if they've been falsifying the uh, data, which they have. Mm. Um, and this is the part that's really pissing me with this media. All these things have come to light, and especially with the data release. Yeah. You've got something like eight pages of adverse effects. You've got every disease under the sun, every disease you can possibly think of, every heart disease, cancer, 
every disease is on the adverse effect list. And funny enough, you heard about the encephalitis breakout. Mm. There's about 8,000 people were infected with encephalitis with the so-called Japanese uh, mosquito that flew over in the country's lockdown. Um, that's one of the adverse effects yeah, right. for the vaccine. And now you've got a, an outbreak around the world of uh, hepatitis. Mm. And that's one of the adverse effects for the vaccine. And, and all these adverse effects are, are being ignored. All these heart attacks that have been happening around the place. I think there's something like... I think there's nearly 400 dead athletes. There was another yeah. box, boxer died the other day on, in the ring, only third, third ring, yeah. only third round, dropped dead in the ring. Heart attack. You, you can't ignore the figures. Yeah. Um, we've got over 900 dead from the vaccine now. The TGA are not recognising. But before the, this vaccine came into play, we averaged 2.4 deaths a year mm. from all the vaccines that are given each year. So that's way more than, than this vaccine has been dished out. Yeah probably treble the amount. Yeah. And we only average 2.4 deaths a year. And in one year, we've gone from 2.4 to over 800 in the first year. Far out. So that's an increase of 30,000% in deaths. Alarm bells should be ringing. Mm. The TGA, when there was a death due to vaccine, they did autopsies to determine mm. what caused the death. They're not doing that with this vaccine. Yeah. No autopsies have been done. You've you got to ask the question. You know, three and a half thousand to four thousand adverse effects a year normally. Yeah. We're at about 116, 17,000. Yeah. And none of it's been recognised. And the worst part about it is that these people that are suffering with adverse effects have died. Mm as uh, you know as to the vaccine um, the government have washed their hands of them mm. completely walked away from them. I mean I, I, I know at least 20 people and there's four of them are dead from this vaccine and the, you know that's the adverse effects so I know 20 and they're telling me it's rare yeah. Well, it's not bloody rare. How can I know 20 people that have had adverse effects from heart attacks, um, serious menstrual bleeding, mm. uh, cancers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I know three, four men, and they range between the 80s down to uh, probably 35, 36 years of age. And... They can't breathe. Yeah. They cannot breathe. And they've had all the tests, mRNA scans, uh, CAT scans, um, all the blood tests, they can't find anything wrong with them. And yet they can't breathe. Yeah. They're struggling to bloody breathe. They're struggling to walk. They're struggling to talk. And, uh, but that's not, nothing to do with the vaccine, of course. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know... I didn't know anybody that had an adverse effect to the, the flu jab. No. Well, you get a, some people get a headache for a couple of days or something like that. 
But so I mean, you've got young kids, and you're 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 going to be moving forward. But you know, as I told you, Pfizer, um, a data release just recent uh, stated that um, children between five and twelve mm. don't need to have the vaccine. And that's because there's only a twelve percent efficacy. Efficacy. I was never. I was never giving it to my kids, Dom. And that was. Um, was lucky that they were under eleven, both of them, because um, me and my wife said, you know, we're, we're not giving this into our kids, and especially with young boys, I said there's a lot increased risk of myocarditis, and yeah. and and for something that's not going to affect them, kids weren't getting sick with this disease anyway. Well, I'm going to go give them some, like you said, an experimental vaccine. Um, what I do to my in my own body is different to what I'm willing to do with my kids, mate. Um, and even the masks, it, it's really, you'd see families walking around, young kids and the whole family have got their masks on outside and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, what kind of anxiety are you, like more anxiety you're piling on your kid's yeah. plate, man? i got a, my young boy is quite an anxious kid. He's just, that's the way he's wired, you know, he's... He, Starts raining the other day. He thinks a big storm's coming. He's all anxious, waiting for lightning and stuff. He's just, he's just like that, right? The last thing I need is for him to think that he's going to get some virus and die, so he needs to wear a mask all the time at school because half the teachers are terrified and they're all walking around trying to push this thing as well. They wouldn't even let. They stopped letting us go on the school premises as soon as COVID hit. You know, you can't walk your kid to the class. My daughter's five years old. She was four years old last year. You couldn't can't walk her to the classroom. And, and we used to go into the class with my boy when when he first started school. Sit down with him for five or ten minutes and get him comfortable. And it's a big part of their life. It's an important thing. It's a big part of our life as well. Mm. COVID hit and you just got to walk to the gate. They stand there at the gate like like bloody police officers, and you just pass them your kids and they walk off into the school and you go. It's later. I hope you have a good day. <laughs> it's Fucking hope she I hope she's learning something. Cause I have no idea what's going on in there. Yeah. Um. And the the they they're trying to pressure them to wear masks and sit. so me and my wife she's a nurse and you know like I said we're both real, we're never worried about the virus we just did what we had to do to live our lives and get left alone and. So we just made light of the whole thing. Oh, we were pissed off and we had to cancel a couple of holidays because of COVID. Um, but as far as that, aside from that, with the kids, it was like, oh, they'd ask us about COVID and when's coronavirus going to finish? And ah, don't worry about it, mate. It doesn't bother kids. Don't worry about it. And do we have to wear masks? They don't have to wear masks. They're so stupid, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that stuff, mate. You don't have to wear a mask. That's just silly adults just being, you know, worrying about things. Don't Kids don't have to worry about it. But I just see all these families with their kids all masked on and stuff i'm thinking that's going to affect them their anxiety levels and moving forward and that, that that's going to carry that with them the, this fear adult fear fed to us through the media down the pipeline that we then pump into our kids and might be scared of something else this is bullshit man like just leave them alone let them be kids they weren't even getting sick from the damn thing so I'm glad we didn't have to make that decision because we wouldn't have given the kids vaccines. They would have been pulling them out of school and then we would have had to quit our buddy jobs as well. So, uh, you know, that was definitely the going to be the, the deadline for us. Yeah, It was just take, take, take. And this McGowan prick we just kept lying. He just kept lying. He'd tell you something and then just flat out you'd get to the to the checkpoint and go, nah, nah, we're changing the rules again. What the, what the, the bloody hell is going on here, mate? Yeah. They just keep moving the goalposts and moving the goalposts. The masks thing—that's all theatre. That's all theatre. Yeah. That's, that's just more ways to control people. Because the specialists again have said clearly that these 
the surgical masks do nothing. The cloth masks do nothing. It will stop someone from sneezing on you. Mm. It doesn't stop the the particle, the, vi- the the you know the the vapor particles coming through a mask. The vi- the virus is t- way tinier than the than the, the threads on those masks. Yeah. They say the N95s, which are electrically charged to catch viruses and stuff like that, are pretty good. So unless you're fitted with an N95, you just everything else is just theatre. Yeah. But you have to wear it. The expense. At, um, that, a, that was a big question. Well, what mine. about the science? I have to wear this thing. <laughs> There's no, si- no science to people walking around with a cloth mask at all. No. But um, you, you'll get somebody like Anthony Fouch who... Oh, st- that guy. Well, that's another bloody thing. But um, you, you'll stand up there and say, oh, you wear double mask, double cloth mask. Um, but it's ludicrous because there's no science behind it. Um, he that, is science, though. Well, he's... You uh, hear that quote? That was a, a direct quote from Anthony Fauci when he was questioned about science. He said, I am science. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, going to function science. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 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 But, uh, look, you know, I had this argument at work with uh, my supervisors and superintendents because they had the cloth mask in the uh, vending machines. And see, the mine sites have got pretty strict rules. Uh, what comes on site, you yeah. Know, and everything you wear—your helmets, uh, your boots, your gloves, your glasses, your earplugs, your, even your clothes and that you wear—everything you you do in regards to PPE is has to come at a Australian standard. Yeah. Um, so if you're in the workshop, and you, you have to wear an M3 mask. You get an M3 mask out the cupboard. And the M3 mask will have in its package what it's written on and what it's going to protect you from. Yeah. Um, so it's an M95 mask and so forth. But here they had in, in our PPE these cloth masks. Yeah. So I asked the question, I said... Straight from China. I said, what, what are these? Yeah. No, they're masks to protect you from the spreading the virus. I said, so where, where does it say that? Yeah. Where does it say it? Is yeah. it where, where's that written? Show me where it's written. Yeah. Show tell me where it's, I need to know. Who who manufactured? Who these? manufactured? To what to what standard to are they what made? Standard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, since when are you allowing people to bring their own masks to work? Yeah. I said, can I bring my own helmet to work? Hmm. Or no. Can I bring my own gloves to work? No. Can I bring my own boot? No. They have to be of standard. So I said, they're not a standard, are they? Yeah. Just a funny piece of cloth. So I said, well, we've got a double standard now. Yeah. I said, you, you, you seem to be making the rules and breaking the rules at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. people didn't want to talk about it. It's when no. you start asking those questions, all of a sudden it's just, just stop being a hassle, yeah. Dom. And right, well, just put the mask that, on. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. You know? and, and You're a hassle now. But, you know, yeah. and then you get them, you know, saying, oh, we'll agree to disagree. And, but I turn it back on them and say, well, you know when you say that comment, you're defeated. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've defeated you. You you you've got no comeback. Yeah. You've got no explanation for your stupidity. Yeah. So you're just saying now oh, we agree to disagree. It's also a great. It's also a, a a pass for you. If we agree to disagree, we yeah. agree to disagree. So you don't have to wear the mask on. Yeah. Because well, I agree that you disagree. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a green light. You know that. Um, there's, there's just so many things that are happening out there. Uh, or there was something just on the news today that they 
they were going on about the health and safety of something that uh, hasn't been tried and tested, and you're going, mm. but neither has this vaccine. <laughs> These charismatic vultures, vampires that they put on the TV who know how to say the right things and, 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 and all just a part of the bigger picture, it's just... It's disgusting. I'm surprised that that mainstream TV as well is still a thing that people that people watch, mate. That's how the people digest their, again, their media these days. It's just, it's a dying, it's a dying uh, uh, um, genre, that, that whole, the, 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 the commercial radio and the commercial TV station and there's a 15-minute break every now and then and the people talk to you and there's, hey, how you going? I'm here with Dom from By The Way. It's like, what the fuck is that? People don't talk like that. What are we doing? And it's, it's not going to survive the younger generation. They're not going to buy that anymore. You know, This is why people want authentic conversation. They want to hear the truth. They at least want to hear people explore the, the possible truths You know, and just not to be fed shit anymore. I think that, People like to shit on the younger generation. I'm one of them because I work with a lot of them and they can be real pussies when it comes to work and entitled. <laughs> but in a positive note, I, I don't think they're going to put up with the same old bullshit as far as... Um, it's, it, it'll level out. They're a bit extreme when it comes to, you know, they're, uh, everything's an issue and they get upset and they're very, you know, uh, um, you know, triggered very easily and all that sort of thing. But that's a pendulum swing. It'll come back. And they're not going to put up with the same bullshit that... that we're currently putting up with as uh, the older section of those generations are. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to question things a lot more. They're going to want to hear um, the the arguments to it. Um, just those traditional forms of media aren't going to hold up moving forward. So they just yeah, can't. I think, you know, like we, I, I do, look, I feel sorry for the kids nowadays uh, in, in a big way. Yes, they're, you know, obviously wrapped up in cotton wool and, and fed candy. Hmm. Um it's not their fault. Uh, we've conditioned them that way. Mm. Um, the media's conditioned that way. You know, we've got this woke that's running around t- telling uh, how our kids are to be educated and all this sort of stuff, and some of the stuff is just... Uh, talking, to, uh, talking to six-year-old kids about genders. Yeah, we'll go home and ask your dad how, how he gets an, eject, uh, 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 an erection and ejaculate. So that's what daughters have been told to ask their, their, uh, their uh, fathers. Um, that was brought up in the Senate in South Australia, and it's just appalling to even think that that was mm. even sent home. Yeah, to uh, from a from a well, young they're child. teaching gender politics in certain places. Yeah, it? some yeah. random yeah. teacher well, talking to my kids about gender politics. We'll sort that out at home. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, so look, um, we the kids nowadays. You know, I'm fortunate enough where I've been strong enough in my family to say, look, we need to look at this more, more carefully. Mm. Um, and I, I put my research forward to my daughters and um, then they sort of started getting on board mm. and, and listening. Probably the, 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 the best one that got me fired up was uh, the interview with Rhino Fulmich and Dr David Martin. Um, now, that was went for an hour and 20 and Dr David Martin nailed it and... Um, He's the chairman of MCAN International. Um, so they're like an investigating mob that works for the government, uh, whoever hires them, and they run in 168 countries around the world. Mm. Um, so they know everything that goes on within companies within the government as well. So, um, And it was the patents that he came up with. 
So we, you know, uh, Anthony Fauci patent SARS coronavirus in 2002. Mm. So... And then it came out in China in 2003. It just, if you patent it, and then it comes out in China in 2003, mm. what's going on? Yeah. And so forth and so forth. So the mRNA spike protein was patented in 2005 by the US military as a bioweapon and a weapon of choice. Why? Yeah. And yes... Why why have we got a bioweapon that's inside a vaccine? Yeah. That that interview was the nail in the coffin for me as far as moving forward. That was enough evidence for me because patents don't lie. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Dr. David Martin's been ridiculed by the government, by the media as well, of course. Yeah. But this man is the chairman of MCAM, MCAM International. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. And he's got the evidence, the documented evidence. He's even got the evidence of Anthony Fauci admitting gain of function. But the, the Senate won't use it. That's one of the crazy things about <clears throat> the, the Twitter and, and YouTube space and that, Dom, because you got these blue-haired kids with friggin' nose rings in who are deciding who gets to speak on a topic and who doesn't, and they're, and they're kicking specialists in their field like people who are highly highly educated and trained in, in these areas kicking them off youtube kicking them off twitter because of the their views on on an area that is their specialty who the hell are these people to decide that they can't talk on the issue absolutely crazy that's going to change with twitter now if you've, if you've heard the good news there with elon musk buying it, oh, yeah, yeah and he's massive free freedom um free speech proponent and now so, he's getting ridiculed yeah, well, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he owns got, Twitter now, so yeah, he's, he's they got, can't silence him, and he's gonna he's gonna open the floodgates, and people are actually gonna be able to talk on there now. Well, I don't use time. Twitter, but it is the the biggest free speech market in the world, and it's now owned by a man that that is a, a free speech proponent. So that's pretty huge. Yeah, well, it's like that. I mean, even with the fact fact checkers, you know, like that, you know, get on um, Facebook and that. And I've, mm. I've been chipped a few times, but you can't. Speak to them. They just tell you. Yeah. And they've already got their mind made up. They've got their mind made up, regardless, and and so they don't allow even a, a, a debate on on the subject because yeah. they'll probably lose. Yeah. Um, and I've seen you know like uh, Graham Hood, Hoodie. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, when he first got on um, uh, Facebook, he was brilliant. Yeah. Straight up, honest. At um, he spoke about Marburg. Well, what are they talking about now? The World Health Organization and and, and the health bombs. They're saying Marburg's on the loose now. So, but the fact checkers pulled him up and said that was false information back then. But obviously, it wasn't false information. Yeah. I don't see them apologising. No, no, no. So, look, look, Dom. It's an hour and twenty, mate. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> It's decent time. I normally probably don't go past an hour and a half. I don't want to. We could talk about this obviously for a long, long period of time. But there's an election coming up very, 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 very soon. What's your hope moving forward for Australian politics? What do you hope that we see happen? I know we didn't get into the ballot papers and all that sort of stuff, um, but just your overarching view on on what 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 do you hope to, to see happen? Oh, I would like to see Australia uh, get back 
to where we were, but in a better position. I'd like to see us get back, uh, you know, like we were 50, 60 years ago, maybe even longer, uh, where we were a leading country in manufacturing as well. Mm. We have everything here to mm. do that. You know, everybody say it costs too much, you know, but I mean, you go overseas uh, and people send their stuff over to Taiwan and all that, and that was all orchestrated by the UN, by the way, mm. that we had to do that. To, well, everything's, to support them. everything's a conversation about ethically sourced this and ethically sourced that, that that we're happy to outsource things to countries where we know people aren't getting treated correctly but, while making them but we opened that floodgate hmm. and we we did that we helped these countries we pour so much money into those countries with aid now i'm, I'm all for helping hmm. countries out but we crucified ourselves and our own industry yeah. to do it you know but i'll just tell you i'll, I'll a little funny story, but this goes on how the what the mine thinks, and this this actually happened at the the last mine I was working at. Mm. Now we had uh, this going back about six seven years ago, probably about seven years ago, and we had um, this supervisor, and um, he was a bit of an arrogant sort of a bloke, and uh, there was no toilets down in the pit, in the drill in the pit, so mm. the drillers. You know, if you had to go to the toilet, you had, you had to call up and then you had to tell everybody that you had to go to the toilet so they'd come pick you up and take you up to the toilet. Yeah. But some people couldn't wait and they were doing it down drill holes or having to do it in a bag, Yeah. you know. And I threatened this supervisor, said, you ever do that to me? Yeah. So he, <laughs> I had to go to the toilet this particular morning and I called him up and he sort of mock, mocked me. He said, oh, you need to do poo-poos. And I said, oh, God. So I, I said, we can't get there. You'll just have to work something out. So I ended up getting a, a bomb uh, bomb ute and drove it up to the toilets up top. And, yeah. But they didn't know that. So he had to come pick me up at lunchtime. And I got a green bag and I got some mud off the water truck <laughs> and I put it in the bag and I had some corn and a bit of... Uh, carrot and I put that in the bag as well with a bit of rag yeah. and I tied it off so it was cold winter's day and he come to pick me up for lunch and <laughs> as I was going to get in the vehicle he said I'll oh, pass me a bag so I had my crib bag and I pass it to him and he is the driver put it in the back seat and then I pass him my water bottle and he, he put that in the back seat and as he's leaning over to put in the back seat I had the bag tucked in under my jacket and I flipped it around and dropped it on his lap. <laughs> but I warmed it up in the drill engine. Uh, before, the right temperature. So I got it the right temperature. And I dropped it in his lap and he just freaked out And because and I knew he had a weak stomach as well. And he, he said, what, what's this? And he's flicking it with his hands and he threw it back out the, the passenger's door. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing, mate? He said, what the hell was that? I said, what do you think it is? <laughs> and uh, so I grabbed it and I put it back in the vehicle. It's next to me and, the, and I started getting it. He said, what do you think you're doing? And I said, I can't leave it down here on the pit floor. That's, it's got to take it up and dispose of it properly. You know? <laughs> and he goes, oh, Jesus, he said, put it in the back seat. So I, I picked it up and I swooped it and I just went straight past his, close to his head. Yeah. Well, he jumped that much, he hit his head on the driver's door. <laughs> And then knocked himself out. <laughs> and I put him on his seat. He's holding his head and he's, you're right. He's, oh, bloody hell. And as I pulled my hand around, 
there was a bit of mud <laughs> that must have been on the bag and it was on my hand. And I went, oh, Jesus. Oh, what bloody hell. And he, go, and he looked, he goes, oh, oh. And I wiped it on my pants. <laughs> and, and he started dry reaching. <laughs> And I, I kept a straight face. I didn't laugh or anything like that, you know. So we're driving up and he had the window down. He's telling me to wind my window down. It's cold. I'm not winding my window down. He's leaning down and he goes, it smells. It stinks. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Jesus, mate, this is the power of the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's telling you that there's really, there's poo in there and you can actually smell it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and we get up top and he's dropping me off and he says, go wash your hands. And I said, Hey, Colgate. He said, what? I said, you grabbed the bag as well when you threw it out the car. He goes, ah, shit. <laughs> and he ran out, then ran to the bathroom to wash his hand. But it was funny as hell. But, yeah, I grabbed the bag and then I walked over and the, the supervisor, the superintendent and the, the leading supervisor and an engineer was there as well. And they were at the uh, drill board having a discussion. And as I walked past, I just flicked the bag between them and it landed right underneath the drill board. Well, geez, you could, they all perceived that it was poo and they just took about 10 paces back. <laughs> and the funny part is uh, a week later we had toilets down in the pit. Really? <laughs> so, Did you ever tell him that it was just a... Uh, oh, yeah, I told him after. I said it was just mud. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I got you. Yeah, but it made the mind think that it was something else. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what the story. That sort of story sort of tells what the mind can actually think. Yeah, yep, yep, it can, mate. Look, I, I have a bit of hope that maybe not this time round, but moving forward again, the young people coming through. There's there's these independent um, media guys out there. Uh, Avi Yemeni is one from um, Rebel News. He's he's really good at getting the truth out there. You should try and follow him on on Facebook or, or whatever. He's um, really active with this, all this sort of stuff. Especially through COVID, there's a few guys out there, um, and they're out there talking to the independent political parties, and 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 you know, I just I think it's time that these two major guys just we just get rid of them. You know, again, yeah, it probably absolutely. it may not happen this time round. It's going to take a while to move that needle, but slowly and surely, more and more people, as you know, are going to start looking at the independents and and thinking we we want to get rid of the, the major parties. They're not doing it for us. They're not here for us. They've got their own agenda, and and nothing's going to change as long as they're in power. So. Hopefully that, that's something that starts happening moving forward, mate. Um, it's been a pretty scary couple of years, um, but I think that it was an eye-opener for a lot of people. And if this was a test of how we really react with a, a pandemic that's going to kill you know, a, a, a massive percentage of the people on Earth, well, we, we failed it pretty, pretty miserably, I think, yeah. <laughs> the way we reacted. Um, yeah. Australia had a pretty good... We were we were in a very good seat to to sit back and watch how the rest of the world dealt with it and what worked and what didn't because we were kind of months behind the curve, and they completely bungled that opportunity and fucked everything up and did it all wrong and and didn't listen to any positive op- uh, uh, information didn't look at how Sweden dealt with it and how places like Florida had dealt with it in yep. the US and things like that where, you know, uh, Florida were really cool for opening up and just running things as usual and then when you looked at the it was sort of late last year I was looking at the numbers. Um, deaths per 100,000. They were somewhere in the middle of the 52 states, Florida was. Yeah. Um, they weren't at the top and they just opened everything up, business as usual. So there's a lot of information out there that was not heated. Um, Australian government, it was disgusting the way they dealt with it. It's a big power play, mate. Um, our Prime Minister's weak as water. He just pretended to, to, 
oh, you know, be the nice guy, but really he let the premiers run riot and have their own little um, their little fiefdoms throughout the country and turn state against state and yep. um, you know and and you know, mate against mate when it comes to the to the the vaccine and who's vaccinated and who's not and the whole thing was a, a shamozzle, mate. Um, it's been great to get you on and chat about it, mate. And obviously, we could talk for hours about this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, but no, you got time time frame, so yeah, yeah. Keep uh, yeah, up with good work. Have you become as good as Joe Roden? Yeah, oh mate, <laughs> oh, keep, keep keep cracking away at it. Yeah. He is the gold standard. But but just give us a quick rundown, mate. What's what's the plan? You're on the road. Is there is there a plan, or are you just wandering? You're just going to cruise no, around. We, we've, we've got no plan. We're just going to take it uh, one day at a time and see see where things sort of take us. Um, yeah, like I said, one door opens, another one closes. So, you know, there's obviously a reason why we're here in Port Edler now instead of, uh, you know, a month ago. Mm. But um, things happen and they happen for a reason. So we're here. We're going to move forward probably next week or the week after and, um, yeah, just wander north. Um, beautiful, beautiful time and, of year for it, mate. Try and touch base with everybody. My, my wife's a, she's a staunch fisherwoman. Oh, nice. Oh, You're yeah. in the right part of the country. Oh, yeah. She caught some stonkers last year, but, yeah. Beautiful. But, um, yeah, no, Australia's probably – it's such a beautiful country. Mm. And up north up here is just – I think it's God's country, the Kimberleys mm. and the Pilbara. Yeah. You know, so uh, we're very, very blessed to have a country as good as Australia to to look at. They made it expensive to drive around it with the fuel, but that's all right. We'll, um, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's on our it's on our uh, our plans to do this the trip around Oz before the kids uh, are in high school as well. So it's something yeah. that we're really passionate about. So great to see you guys doing it, man. And unfortunate circumstances, but it's cool to see people out there just doing it. And um, I hope things work out well for you. Um, yeah, we, we huge support. I think we've got over seventeen hundred people already. It's good followers. So that's oh, you know. According to my daughter, that's pretty amazing. It is in a short week. period of time. It is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, look, Dave. I I also wish you all the best. Um, you know, if you ever need me to come and stand behind you, if some somebody's uh, giving you a hard time, just give us a call. Yeah, mate. Beautiful. And and if you're ever back through these parts again, I'd love to have you. It seems like we could do another hour and a half pretty easy, mate. So I'd have you back on in in a, in a heartbeat. Hopefully, when I come back down, we'll have a few more stories to tell. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> no, too easy. Thanks, mate. All right, too easy, mate. Cheers.